You need winners? Let the sports advisor show you how to make money. General Manager Al DeMarco, a former sports reporter and contributor on Fox Sports, MSNBC, and Comcast Sports TV, brings over 25 years of handicapping experience to the table. CEO Steve Budin, the author of Bets, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, is the man responsible for creating the sports betting industry. Together, they are the Sports Advisors, your number one source for winners. Week number four of the NFL season is upon us. Hi, everyone. Al DeMarco here along with Steve Budin. Steve coming from an underground bunker somewhere in Miami as he's riding out the hurricane. Steve, it's got to be a fun experience for you, but one that you've certainly gone through many, many times there in South Florida. But at least you made it for this week's show. Yeah, and like what I don't understand is like everyone buys up all the water from the grocery store. Like, we got nothing but water. Well, well, why are they buying so much water? You want water? Just go outside and open your mouth. There's nothing but water. <laughs> okay, with that being said, let's get to the first game here on this week's schedule. It's going to be Minnesota at New Orleans. The Vikings with a miraculous comeback. In fact, two comebacks against Detroit last weekend. They were down 14-0 early. Then they rallied from a 14-point fourth-quarter deficit. I dare you to say that three times quickly, and managed to beat the Lions. This time, they're a three-point favorite at New Orleans. The Saints, well, they have not looked good, especially Jameis Winston, who is back to his old tricks, five interceptions over the past two weeks. Can the Vikings get it done on the road? Because they certainly didn't in their road opener this year, two Mondays ago at Philadelphia. Well, Minnesota looked like uh, nothing special as Detroit lost but covered in usual fashion. Uh, Vikings defense, Al, they had their moments, but that's about it. Um, so now the Vikings, they head to London to play the Saints, who got uh, shut out through three quarters last week. Jameis Winston for the Saints versus Kirk Cousins for many. And football, Al, in many ways, it's still a game of quarterbacks. And Winston was probably told by his head coach this year to stay grounded. I think he misunderstood him because he's been sacked 11 times already this season. Kirk Cousins is worse and also tends to self-destruct. So I'm not betting on either quarterback. I'm betting on jet lag and the under here. Give me under the posted total. Okay, and the key thing here with the Vikings is Dalvin Cook's situation. Dislocated or partial dislocation of his shoulder. He had to leave that game on Sunday against the Lions. You know, without Dalvin Cook, I don't have a lot of faith with the Vikings anyway. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't watch this game, let alone handicap it or bet it, so I could care less. I really think this is a situation where last week the Vikings didn't necessarily win the game. Yeah, I know they won the game straight up, but it was more a situation where the Lions lost the game because of Dan Campbell's poor game management, which we'll get to in just a moment. So this is a contest that I would just absolutely stay away from, and I have no opinion, and I could care less. So there you go. That's a good way to start the program. Next show, uh, next game is going to be Indianapolis minus three against Tennessee. Steve, this is another situation. I know the Colts finally earned their first win. It was an ugly win. A win is a win. You don't care if it's ugly or pretty. But another game where I think it was more a case where the Kansas City Chiefs lost than the Colts won. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee got a much-needed W last week versus the Raiders. Derrick Henry finally had a great game, 143 
total yards, a nice balance between rushing and passing to me. This was the Derrick Henry we've been waiting for, uh, but all of that was way overshadowed by the Colts doing the unthinkable, upsetting uh, Kansas City 20-17 to on the road. This was after the 24-0 loss to Jacksonville. Uh, Matty Ryan woke up from a coma. Uh, he played his best game as a Colt. So, you know, which Colt team is going to show up? The ones that got shut out by the Jaguars or the ones that shocked the KC fans? Um, I think Matty Ryan stays solid and the Colts show up again. Am I taking the bait here? Probably, but I'm laying the points with Indy. I would tend to agree with you here. The Titans jumped out to the early lead against the Raiders, who are, of course, 0-3, and then had to hold on for dear life for the 24-22 victory. I agree. You know, they went back to the basics, giving the ball to Derrick Henry 20 times. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe the Colts. Again, another worthless game. But when it comes to worthless games, we've got the next one here, and it's the Giants and the Bears. You know, I look at this total at 38.5, and, and I'm going, is that for two games or is that just for this game? Because the Giants are a three-point favorite. We saw them on Monday night. Difficult situation, short week, but, of course, they are at home. Chicago was just pathetic against Houston last week at home, but then Davis Mills literally gift-wrapped the victory for the Bears when he threw that costly interception. It was inter picked off by Roquan, Roquan Smith deep in the uh, Houston territory. It set up the game-winning field goal. But otherwise, the Bears have done absolutely nothing on offense so far this season. Yeah, I mean, both of these teams, Al, they played like they were on ketamine last week. So I think this is about who's worse, not who's better. To me, the Bears look like a college team, and the Giants, they couldn't get past Dallas, but they should have an easier trip, you know, versus Chicago. So I'm going to go with Big Blue here with the Giants and lay the points. Yeah, I actually like the Giants here, and at minus three, obviously, anywhere between three and four. I'm buying down the half points, half point on New York. Justin Fields, eight for 17, 106 yards, two interceptions against Houston. And that may have been his best game of the season. Uh, so far this year, 23 for 45, 297 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions, and he's been sacked 10 times. I mean, these are Geno Smith numbers, and that's not a complimentary th uh, thing to say about Justin Fields. So I will go with the Giants. The only thing that kept the Bears in that game against Houston last week is they, I think they ran for 281 yards. Uh, I will go again with New York and uh, keep my fingers crossed. Uh, before we get to the next game, which promises to be one of the better ones on this Sunday card, Buffalo and Baltimore. Uh, Steve, let's remind everybody that they can get all of our picks and all the handicappers' picks at thesportsadvisors.com for free using the one-day free all-access pass. Right, it's right on the top right of the screen. You'll see it. It's, uh, it says free one-day all-access pass, and this is something... Al, that we've been doing for decades that no one else can do because everyone else shares their handicappers with all the other sites. They're not true handicapping websites. We you know, ha have all the same handicappers. We have had them for many, many years. Uh, they work for us. They're our employees. And because of that, we can offer them all at one low price. It benefits the user and we can give them away for free just to show everybody what we do, how it works. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of confidence in our product is what it is. We want you to come in, see how things work, and then make a decision for yourself if you want to stick your hand in your pocket. 
Exactly. The only way you lose is if you don't take advantage of this absolutely free offer. It's a $99 value if you were to buy the All Access Pass, but in reality, you're getting over 10 handicappers picks for free if you were to buy them all individually. It's over $1,000 worth of selection, so you just click on the All Access Pass button. You get to choose the day as well. You want Saturday's college plays, you want Sunday's NFL plays. It's entirely up to you. And Steve, you hit on a very key point. Before we get to the Bills Baltimore, let's pull back the curtain here on something, a dirty little secret. You know, so many handicappers in this industry, you'll find their picks at multiple sites, 5, 10, 15 sites, because they work on a commission basis. And consequently, you'll find Joe Blow has a pick over here, but he'll have four picks over there. They're all different ratings. They're all different price points because, again, he's working on commission and he's basically like a realtor throwing mud up against the wall because he's in it to make the sale. As you alluded to, however, all of our handicappers, you only find them here on our site, thesportsadvisors.com. They work for us exclusively. The only plays you get are the plays on our site. There is nothing better. Yeah, and to really pull back the curtain and really tell people what's going on, you know, those websites, they're not really in the handicapping business, Al. They're in the traffic generation business. So they'll, they don't care which handicappers they put on their site. They don't care win or lose what their records are. They'll just grab as many handicappers as they can, like you said, on a commission basis, share them with anyone, put them on the site in a hope to get some relevant sports betting traffic so they can then turn around and give that traffic over to a sports book and earn money based on customer losses. So in the end, those people aren't in the let me help customers win by giving them sports analysis business. They're in the let me help customers lose by sending their data over to a sports book so they can earn money on those losses. It's very disingenuous. And understand, guys, we know what we're talking about. Steve is the guy who created the offshore sports book industry well over 25 years ago. I am the guy who I broke into this industry back in 1989 when it was a 976 number industry. Uh, at one time ran the advertising and marketing and the entire promotion angle for the biggest 900 sports phone business and then took it to the internet some 20 years ago and that's when I met Steve. There is no one bigger than Steve and I in this industry. We've seen it all, we've done it all, and we know all the little ins in this business and all the little dirty secrets that nobody wants to tell you. And as this show goes on during the season, we'll expose them all for you because you should be informed, and that's what we're here to do. Steve, this next game, Buffalo and Baltimore. The Bills are a three-point favorite uh, at Baltimore. Uh, the Bills are coming off a 21-19 loss at Miami, a game I'll talk a little more in depth about in a moment. Baltimore, of course, coming off uh, the win at New England. We were both on uh, Miami and both on the Ravens last week. I'm interested to get your take first on this one. Well, I mean, maybe it wasn't the Dolphin fans who had sunstroke declaring Miami Super Bowl bound before that Bills game. Maybe it was the Bills who got a little overheated on the field. I mean, the new Bills offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, he certainly got overheated doing his best 
backstage J-Lo routine, throwing a temper tantrum in the press box. I mean, the thing about Baltimore is they can score out, and they can score with the best of them. Lamar Jackson's off to a scorching start. Even by his standards, he's on pace to score 57 touchdowns if he keeps this up. Uh, Baltimore is a loyal dog for gamblers. They've covered seven out of their last eight as a regular season underdog. I think this is a great opportunity to snag a home team underdog. I'm going with Baltimore here, taking the points. A couple of things here. First of all, the Ravens, as I talked about on last week's show, you know there's reality versus perception. Uh, the Ravens right. for years were known as this great defensive team. They are not. We saw two weeks ago when they had that fourth quarter meltdown uh, against Miami when they allowed five, 42 points and 547 yards. Last week, yeah, they beat the Patriots, but New England, a pedestrian offensive team, 447 total yards. The other thing is going back to the Buffalo-Miami game. I pointed out in last week's show that before betting that game, and of course we record these shows on Wednesday, as we are doing this week as well, uh, the Bills, you had to be worried going into the Miami game because they were going to be without at least five defensive starters. Well, they suffered even more injuries in that contest. And there was a point late in the Miami game that Buffalo was minus a total between starters and key backups of 11 key members of their personnel who had played in week number one when they went to L.A. and beat up the Rams. That's how injury-riddled this team is. So when you handicap this game, and here we are at Wednesday, I'm going to warn you, just as I did last week, you have to wait to make your decision until you see the final NFL injury report later in the week. I will tell you that even though the Bills lost 21-19 at Miami, the defense, even minus those five starters, they held the Dolphins to 212 yards. Time of possession, the Bills, 40 minutes and 40 seconds. They ran 90 plays to Miami's 39. 497 yards to 212 in terms of total yards. 13 for 21 on third and fourth downs. Josh Allen had a career high, 42 for 63, 400 yards, two touchdowns, 47 yards rushing. If I just told you those numbers, you'd say, oh my God, Buffalo won that game big. But they didn't. It's just one of those fluky things where numerically Buffalo was statistically superior, but they lost the game. I think Buffalo is to play here because I know even though Lamar Jackson's having an MVP caliber season, the Ravens can't stop anybody. But again, I have to withhold my judgment until I see the final injury report and see what the walking wounded Red Cross list is like for the Bills before we actually get to this game being played. This is another team that has a huge injury list. The Chargers minus five at Houston. The Chargers are gonna be without Joey Bosa. They lost their top offensive lineman as well when they got blown out by Jacksonville at home this past week, 38 to 10. Uh, their quarterback, Justin Herbert, is playing with a rib cage, a broken uh, rib cage, cartilage injury. This is a team that's in trouble. But then again, Houston sucks. Well, Houston lost to the Bears, Al, so they obviously are really bad. Uh, the Chargers, like you said, are so badly injured. I, I just don't know how they can win with this team they currently have. I mean, Al, if this game was a movie, it would be Gotti with John Travolta. And if you haven't seen that movie, don't. It's unwatchable. Trust me. If I had a gun to my head and I had to make a pick, I'd just say, shoot me. It ain't worth it. But if the gun jammed and I lived, I'd bet Houston plus the points. 
You know, at first, I thought you said Gandhi, the Ben Kingsley oh. Oscar-winning performance movie, and I thought you were making a joke. It's like, Gandhi and John Travolta? Well, you really are going out on a limb. But now you're talking about no. Gotti, which was a horrible Gotti. movie. But, yes. but you know, really, it really, I mean, you could have said Gandhi with John Travolta because that's the travesty of this game. So, I mean, you're right on both counts in reality. Uh, <laughs> by, by the way, uh, the Chargers in that loss to Jacksonville, I mean, thoroughly dominate. They only had time of possession of 22 minutes. By the way, Keenan Allen may or may not be back for this game as well. And uh, this is an unplayable, unwatchable, unbettable game. So uh, I say skip it. Let's go. Let's go to the Detroit game against Seattle. The Lions, a four and a half point favorite at home against the Seahawks. Uh, Steve, uh, I have a lot to say about Dan Campbell, but I will let you uh, get on your high horse first because you've been a big Lions supporter throughout the season. Yeah, and I don't think this game is about Seattle, Al, although Will Smith packs a better punch than Geno Smith, I'll tell you that. I think it's about knowing that when Detroit is getting a bunch of points, mainly five or more, they always cover the number. So can you trust the Lions as a favorite? And normally I'd say no, but against Geno and the boys, yes. I'd go with Detroit here and lay the points. Dan Campbell's game management, I thought, cost the Lions against the Vikings. You know, he has this gambler's mentality where he's always going for it. I mean, my God, against Minnesota, he went for it on fourth down six times. That is fine and dandy, but when you're trying a 54-yard field goal with a minute 14 to play, when your team is driving, you know, his... His decision-making, which is full of bravado, blah, 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 that's nice when you're trying to earn your first win of the season, but there comes a point where you've got to dial it back. And I thought Campbell cost his team last week against Minnesota. Now, I think this, though, however, is a great spot to back the Lions because, again, Seattle is a bad team. And also, we've seen how potent the Lions uh, – uh, passing attack is. Seattle was missing three of its top cornerbacks last week in that 27-23 home loss to Atlanta. We mo noted that the Falcons were playing better. We both liked the Falcons last week, but you lost to the Falcons at home. And again, you have Geno Smith, and I think that anytime you can go against Geno Smith, it's a wise betting decision. I was surprised, Steve, at the cheap price here. Detroit only four and a half. It opened at five, five and a half. It's down to four and a half. I thought the Lions would be at least six and a half in this game. Are you surprised at the discounted price here on Detroit? I'm not, Al. I just think the public is not used to seeing Detroit as a favorite. So anytime that they do, it's going to seem like a lot even though it isn't, right? So I think this is one of those opportunities where public perception makes the line, not the, not the odds makers trying to accurately depict the final score. It's a big mistake that gamblers make all the time thinking that that line is meant to be an accurate, you know, you know telltale of what the score is going to turn out to be. It's just supposed to be a mirror of public perception. And public perception has not caught up to the fact that the Lions deserve to be a favorite sometimes this is one of those times but we're not seeing them as a big favorite so I think it makes a, a, an opportunity for value next up a candidate for the who cares game of the week as far as I'm concerned Pittsburgh hosting the Jets the good news for the Steelers they've had extra time to prepare since that Thursday night loss to the Browns uh, the bad news is Mike Tomlin for some unfathomable reasons still insists that Mitch Trubisky is a starting quarterback 
For the Jets, uh, they came back to earth after that shocking upset win and comeback fashion in the final minute 51 at Cleveland, were hammered at home by Cincinnati. But now, after Joe Flacco started the first three games, it looks like Zach Wilson is going to be making his first start. We, of course, again, are recording this on Wednesday. Who knows what will happen by kickoff? I don't give a damn who wins this game. Do you? Well, I mean, the, the Jets <laughs> remind me of that, that bar I used to go into in college where they had that sign over the bar that said, free beer tomorrow, only they never took the sign down and tomorrow never came. Um, the Jets have a similar slogan now, and Jets fans have already started saying it. It's, we'll get them next year. It's sad, but it's true. And next year never comes, just like that free beer that never comes. Uh, I don't care who the Jets quarterback is, because even Trubisky, who can't score more than 20 points a game, can beat the Jets. So I'll take the Steelers here. Okay, next one is going to be Philadelphia hosting Jacksonville. Now, this game has a lot of promise, and I don't think anybody thought so at the start of the season, but the Eagles' offenses look dynamic. This is the return of Doug Peterson to Philadelphia, of course, guided the Eagles to the Super Bowl in 2017. Jacksonville, two straight wins, six-and-a-half-point line. I'll let you go first on this one. Well, the Eagles are flying high, Al, 3-0 start. And I look at this game, and the first thing that comes to mind is this would be a great game for a teaser. You know, Philly knocking down the six and a half points to right around pick them. Um, and and when, I, when I see a game like that, I always say to myself, well, if, if, I, if I'm scared to lay the six and a half and I'm looking to put them in a teaser, maybe I should consider betting the other side. I mean, this Jaguar team is nothing short of impressive this season on both sides of the ball. Am I drinking the Jacksonville Kool-Aid? I probably am, but I'm going to take the points here with Jacksonville. It's, uh, it's an interesting game. You know, last week I shied away from taking Philadelphia at Washington because I was a little concerned coming on off a short week on the road after Minnesota. Gee, what, did I have any need to be worried after they dominated Washington? But sooner or later, Philadelphia is going to come down to earth. Now, I happen to agree with you, and I, you know how much I love teasers, and I love taking teams in that 6-10 to 10 point range only and taking favorites and taking them down. And yet, when I look at Philadelphia in a teaser possibility, I can't find anybody else that I'd be willing to tease them with. So this is a game, as a lifelong Philadelphia Eagles fan, grew up in the Philadelphia area, went to college there, not a game that I'm particularly uh, enthused about other than watching. I see that Eagles defense had nine sacks last week against Washington. And I'm telling you, that's a mirage. They had three sacks coming in. They had 29 sacks last year. That was more a byproduct of the commanders having an absolutely off, a lousy offensive uh, line and Carson Wentz taking seven and nine step dropbacks. Uh, Jacksonville is playing with a lot of confidence. A second straight win, 38 to 10 against the LA Chargers on the road. But granted, the Chargers were an injury riddled team. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is playing well. Just a game I think Philadelphia is to play, but not one that I'm particularly enthused about. This next one, though, I do like. Dallas minus three versus Washington. Cowboys short week, but they're coming back at home. It wasn't a great game, but they got the job done again with Cooper Rush. Second straight win. Of course, the previous one, they upset the Bengals at home. 
and now they're back at home hosting a commander's team which has shown me nothing this season yeah, I mean, what a great matchup if this was the 70s or the 80s. Meanwhile, the Cowboys showing life under the leadership of Cooper Rush. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, for Washington, not so much. Uh, if Rush keeps winning like he's winning out, what happens when Dak becomes available? Well, I we don't have to worry about that this week. And the Cowboys are hot. I think they get the W here. I think they get the cover here. I'll take the boys minus the points. Micah Parsons is Defensive Player of the Year through the first month of the season. No ifs, ands, or buts. You saw Demarcus Lawrence come to life here with three sacks against Daniel Jones on Monday night. Those two are going to terrorize uh, Carson Wentz. That, again, offensive line offered him no protection at all. There was a stage in the second quarter, I think it was, where the Eagles had six sacks. They had nine, as I noted just earlier, against Wentz and the Commanders on Sunday. If you can't keep Philadelphia off of you, you're not going to keep Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence off of you either. Washington has shown no, effort, uh, no ability to run the ball successfully with Antonio Gibson. I think that uh, this is going to be Dallas teeing off. I think this is a dirt cheap price. I don't understand this line whatsoever. I think Dallas should be six and a half, seven in here. Love Dallas in this spot. Cleveland, minus two at Atlanta. The big news here is whether or not Miles Garrett, who was in an accident, flipped his Porsche, suffered a shoulder sprain, some lacerations, whether he's going to be available for Cleveland in this spot. Yeah, and the Browns, Al, they remind me of that message on the side view mirror of my car. Defense appears better than they really are. They played Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco, Mitch Trubisky. Ah, that doesn't mean much to me. Uh, however, the Atlanta defense, I think they discovered a pass rush. We saw it in the fourth quarter last week as they really got after Geno Smith in Seattle. Uh, Falcons are now 3-0 versus the line. Do they go 4-0 versus the line? I think they do. Falcons get the win and cover. I Well, I don't know. I, I don't know which way to go here. I don't know. You know, the Falcons uh, came back. They were buried early against the Rams in the first game of that road trip, then had the big comeback to make it look competitive. And beating Seattle, eh, the Seahawks suck. You know, what I do like about Cleveland is their dedication to the run game. I mean, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. 35 for 160, 30 for 145, 33 for 187. That's the production they turned in the first three weeks of the season. And I like the way Jacoby Brissett has played the last couple of weeks. 22 for 27, 229 against the Jets, 21 for 31, 220 last week against the Steelers. The Browns have the uh, extra time, but again, I don't know if Miles Garrett is going to play or if he does, how effective he's going to be. Clowney may come back for them after missing last week's game. So I lean a little toward Cleveland, but I still can't get out of my head that this Browns team collapsed in the fourth quarter at Carolina in week one, collapsed at home against Joe Flacco and the Jets. That, you know, that's the type of thing that gives you nightmares when you're thinking about putting good money on bad teams. And that, to me, is a stay away. And speaking of those Carolina Panthers, yes, they snapped that nine-game losing streak last week. Uh, you were on them. You like Carolina against New Orleans, and they delivered that 22-14 home win. Can they make it two in a row against the Arizona Cardinals, Steve? 
Well, they did get the win against the Saints, and I did say they would. You're right. Uh, the problem with the Cardinals, Al, is they can't score touchdowns. Try being successful in the NFL if you can't score touchdowns. They settled for four field goals last week in the red zone. Look, uh, the Cardinals have been dominated in five of the first six halves that they've played so far this season. So, yes, I'm going to back the Panthers again at this, uh, this one. Give me Carolina at home. Playing devil's advocate, the red flag, when I look at the uh, takeaway that I had of the Panthers game, they were outgained by the Saints 426 to 293, but the Saints had three turnovers, including a fumble return for a touchdown. Arizona coming off that 20 to 12 home loss to the Rams. Kyler Murray put the ball up 58 times. 314 cheap yards, but like you said, zero touchdowns. And their ground game, it's like Cliff Kingsbury has said, well, hell with it. We're not going to run the ball. The running backs combined for 19 carries and 62 yards. If you're not going to run the ball and you expect Kyler Murray just simply to do it all for you, that's not a balanced attack. And I like the way that Christian McCaffrey has produced back-to-back 100-yard games. So I'm with you. I lean toward Carolina here. They've got a little momentum. Momentum, though, is something that the Las Vegas Raiders are still searching for. It just shows you how little value there is in preseason games. Everybody was talking about the Raiders off to the great start in the preseason. They went 4-0. Josh McDaniels has his team trending in the right direction. And here they are, the only winless team in the NFL after three weeks. And they're looking to get off and finally win here. They're a two-point favorite at home against Denver. And I think the Broncos set the NFL back at least 60 years with that 11-10 win against San Francisco on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders 0-3 out going nowhere fast. And talk about an undervalued preseason. Uh, the question is, are the Broncos finally ready offensively after they took the entire preseason off? Uh, there is no question that their defense is ready. For me, they went from mush back to crush. They're only allowing 12 points per game, getting big plays uh, from every defensive position on the field. Look, there are many bad quarterbacks in the league. We've discussed a few of them today. Trubisky, Geno Smith. These guys will never get better. Russell Wilson is not on that list. Uh, I think this line is more overpriced than Penn and Teller. Give me Broncos plus the points. You know, sometimes I think gamblers, they look at final results of games and they don't other than watching maybe ESPN and seeing some highlights they don't realize how games got that way and they see that the Raiders lost 24 to 22 at Tennessee and they go hey that was a close game it was on the road so the Raiders played well not the case they were down 24 10 at halftime and they were dominated for three quarters by Tennessee and it was a comeback in the fourth quarter that made it a close game but the Raiders won for 12 on third downs in that one but then again the Broncos against San Francisco granted the 49ers have a much better defense nine three and outs and the 49ers sacked Russell Wilson four times but the Raiders defense has produced nothing in terms of a pass rush uh you know the Denver defense like you said 36 points and allowed in three games but they played Seattle, Houston, and San Francisco, three teams with not much of an offense. I actually lean toward the Raiders in this spot, but again, not a game that I'm particularly enthused about. 
And I'll say the, th the same thing about this one, too. Green Bay and New England. This game lost all of its appeal once Mac Jones suffered the high ankle sprain that's going to cost him a number of weeks for the Patriots and the loss to Baltimore last week, which means Brian Hoyer is going to be going for New England for the foreseeable future at quarterback. Yeah, I think I, I see a theme uh, evolving with this week's games in you, Al. Not very enthused about them. Not very many good games on the board. But I think that's what makes Sunday special compared to Thursday and Monday. You really only need to find one or two on a Sunday card. On a Thursday night or a Monday night with only one game on the card, it's like you, in order to get your action, sometimes you're forced to make a play on a game that you really don't want to. And I think you make a good point that if you don't like a game on Sunday, you do have the luxury of passing. And passing you should do because you should only bet a game that screams bet me at you, which is something you've preached for many, many years. Um, New England, Green Bay, uh, Green Bay nine and a half. Uh, Patriots going from bad to worse on offense as I believe injuries are still playing a very big role uh, with the Patriots, lack of success. And, and how about defensive genius Bill Belichick Patriots gave up four touchdown passes plus 107 yards rushing and another TD on the ground to Baltimore quarterback Lamar Jackson so now in comes Aaron Rodgers just as good at least in the air and remember the Pats haven't covered in their last five road games so not a good road team for gamblers I would lay the big wood here don't let the big line scare you pack wins big you know what you just said? I always joke that I could be talking to somebody and they'll say, who do you like? And I could tell them, listen, God came down from high. He whispered in my ear, this is the lock of your life. You give them that team and then they'll say, do you have another play? That's how gamblers look. That's how gamblers look at cards sometimes. And you're right. We have always preached the surround and pound method and you, you describe it best. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the trick, you know, because what bookmakers want, it's, reason, it's the reason, Al, that they came out with live betting and they pushed prop betting, is because they've always, bookmakers have always wanted to turn sports gambling into a slot machine. They want you to bet as much as possible because they know from a mathematical standpoint and an odds perspective that the more games that you bet, the more chances are that the bookmakers clean up. The least amount of games that you bet, the more chances you have to win. And the surrounded pound, for if you haven't heard us talk about it before, is you find the one game you love, and that's the one you hammer. End of story. And on a Sunday card, you only, exactly. need, you only need one game to win. Now, for me, this is not that game. I agree with you. I would go with the Packers. I was not that impressed with the Packers' 14-12 win in Tampa. I mean, the Buccaneers are just crippled offensively, but they're a good defensive team. Packers got the job done. They're playing with some confidence after the season-opening loss. I, you know, how can you go with New England? I don't know what the Patriots have to offer. I do know I think Pack the Packers will be able to run the ball successfully in this spot. But again, this is not a team that uh, or a game that I'm particularly, uh, you know, enthralled with. Now, the next one I do like. And I lost with Kansas City last week. Uh, it was my best bet last Sunday. And listen, I deserved to lose. The Chiefs were in position to win and cover that game numerous times, but they missed a field goal. They botched a fake field goal attempt. They missed an extra point. I could go on and on. They, for some reason, decided, hey, Andy Reid, we're going to abandon the run game. And being, again, a former Philadelphian who watched Andy Reid many times just go, oh, we're going to throw the ball nonstop. We're just going to not run the ball. 
I'm kind of used to that. Uh, but I love Kansas City in the spot against the Buccaneers. Uh, and I think I'm getting tremendous line value because the Chiefs lost. Well, I agree that if you like Kansas City in this game, the, the line is a value, and it's due to them losing last week. Look, I, I also was all over KC last week. I think I said on the show that uh, I was going to take all, every available dollar I had in my bankroll and put it on them. And then as it got towards game time, and I never saw that line move off of the number, you know, I said to myself, wow, the, you know, why is the public not going uh, in the right direction here? The, the, the line just seemed a little stagnant to me. I thought it would move to six, six and a half. And when it didn't, I, I peeled back my position a little bit, but I'm always not that enamored with the public's opinion. I mean, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So it turns out the public was right on that one. They'll be wrong on the next one. Um, look, at what point do you overcome your fear of betting against Patrick Mahomes? Uh, for me, it's only when I have a chance to take points with Brady at home, coming off a loss where he's five and two against the spread, last seven after losing. And and, and, and how's KC after a loss, Al? They're two and four against the spread in their last six. A KC even worse on the road, five and nine, last 14 away from home. And yes, stats are just stats, and they all go into the number, and everyone knows the stats before the lines come out. So do they really matter? Some will argue yes, some will argue no. Me and you both lean towards no, but Brady has also covered five straight as a dog, another stat. Um, but look, I, you know, this is another home team underdog uh, that I feel is a good bet here. Uh, maybe we should save juice and just bet each other. You're on KC. I'll go with Tampa Bay uh, getting the points and may the best man win. The dogs have had their way the first three weeks of the season, but everything is cyclical. And I've been waiting for one of those weeks where the favorites just come back and have a 10 and six or a 11 and five week. And I think this is one of those weeks. I love Kansas City in this spot. Tampa has injury concerns along the offensive line. Of course, their wide receiver core is all banged up. And I think this is going to be a week where Andy Reid goes, hey, I've got a couple of quality running backs. I'm gonna take some of the pressure off Patrick Mahomes. And I don't see Tampa Bay putting points on the board because if you couldn't put points on the board against an average Green Bay defense at home, I don't see you doing it against Kansas City because their defense has actually played well. They held Indianapolis to 259 yards. It's not bad. And when I look at the state of the Tampa Bay offense and compare it to the state of the Indianapolis uh, offense, there's not a hell of a lot of difference at this point of the season because of the Buccaneers' injuries. So, again, I will go with Kansas City in this spot, and I love the price. I don't even have to you know, worry about a field goal costing me here. So, anyway, that wraps up this week's show. And, Steve, again, the one-day free all-access pass, everybody's opportunity to get all of our plays, and they can even pick the day to get them. Yeah, you come in back of the kitchen, see the way the baker makes the cake. No one else does it. Only we do it, Al. And it's sweet, trust me. That's why so many gamblers continue to come back after getting it for free and participate in that great value of being able to purchase an all-access pass for the price of one pick. You get every single handicapper's picks. We give it to you free off the bat. Nobody does it. Only we do it. And we know why. It's because we just want to show everybody how it works. And again, the only way you lose is if you don't take advantage of this absolutely free offer at thesportsadvisors.com. If you have not yet subscribed to 
the YouTube channel. Do so, so you can always be alerted when our latest episodes, not only for the NFL show here with Steve, but also the college football show with Rick Torino. You can see that little button, click on it and subscribe now. And for Steve Boonen, I'm Al DeMarco, and we'll catch you next week right here with thesportsadvisors.com. Good luck, everybody.